0: Hey guys, welcome to another uh, edition of the Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside uh, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler. Mike, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, I'm wearing a hat for the first time ever. I, I Yes. For first ever, time in this part. Po- ever in the history of the podcast. It, but maybe in the history of ever because I can't believe you found one that fits that freaking melon of yours. <laughs> What a dick! <laughs> you do have a huge representing, head, by the, Representing the Q's, by the way, right? Let's go, Coach Babers! Yes, you yes, you do have a huge head. I have well. a big head. I'm yeah. fine with that. I can't. Yeah. I, it's not as big as it once was, but what's with the block party? Everywhere you go, I it's just, a block party. Yeah, I just, uh, I just <laughs> took this out of the supply cabinet. <laughs> I need, I need a hat because otherwise I look like this. Ah. <laughs> so I had to find a hat. Block party. A lot going on, a lot going on. We we finally saw a log jam on the running backs. Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook both signing one year deals. Yeah. Cook with the Jets, Zeke with the Patriots. Good fits. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's great fix. I think the the first thing is it just goes to show you what the market is, and don't think it's going to change. Like signing a one year deal, don't think that's going to change your like your market value the the running back market is the running back market and until you put together a new collective bargaining agreement and fight for something different um that's just the way it's going to go for running backs so the one-year deal if you want to be a mercenary good for you um but the bottom line going forward if you're one of these top-notch running backs like you're gonna get the deal you're gonna get you know, and if you can get 10, 12 million bucks a year, then that, that's probably the going rate for the running back right now. Regardless, if you put up 35% of the offense or whatever it is, like you say, Quan Barkley, that's, that's the market. And so, you know, I mean, that's just market economics. Which running back makes the bigger impact with his team? Oh, I think Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook's ability to catch the ball, Dalvin Cook's ability to be a home run hitter uh, with Aaron Rodgers taking some of that pressure off of the Jets and then the Jets with the defense they have right now. Like the Jets are legit contenders in my mind. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason game, game number one, but they they've got a, a legit chance. You know, a lot of questions about the offensive line, but a lot of that comes with 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 play calling. Like, you can eliminate a lot of the issues you have up front if you understand how to run the ball, if you understand how to, to run the play action, if you've got a quarterback who understands defense, which Aaron Rodgers, there's nobody that knows it better than him, and can get the ball out of his hand quickly. All those things, that's how you protect. That's how you take what is, you know, on paper an average group and make them a really above-average group is the way your play caller orchestrates an offense yeah I say this to coaches all the time like give up seven sacks in a game I'm not going to say your O-line sucks I'm going to say you suck as a play caller you didn't take the pressure off those guys now I understand you know your defense rolls over and you give up you know a big lead 21 points you got to throw it every time um you know I don't necessarily agree with you got to throw it every time because you're, you're not going to make it all back in one play. But I understand how that gets you out of balance and that puts more stress on your offensive line. But the bottom line for me, most of the time, you give up six, seven sacks in a game, you guys suck as a coaching staff. Zeke in New England. Bill Belichick over the years has used a lot of running backs yeah. very effectively. How do you see Zeke's role with the Pats? Um, without having their roster in front of me, Zeke is a tremendous player. Now, I know a lot of people say, hey, you know, he not a lot of tread left on the tires and took kind of a beating and stuff, but he's a physical runner. He's a downhill runner. One thing that, that like, when you look at Bill Belichick um, and you talk with Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is a gap run coach. Like, he wants to be downhill he doesn't like the wide zone stuff. What a lot of t- people base out a wide zone, you know, all this West coast, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, uh, you know, uh, you go down that Matt LaFleur, uh, Zach Taylor, like all those guys want to base out of. Hey, wide zone is what we're, you know, our base. Now we'll have a lot of variations within that, but we want to be on that wide zone, you know, that path outside, right? Cut back lanes. And, Bill Belichick has a philosophy. Why would I want to go east and west to get north and south? I just want to go north and south, right? And that's kind of his. So he's more of a gap, you know, gap-related running kind of call coach. Uh, And – And Zeke is a a good downhill guy. Physical. He coming out of college when he was at uh, where were you go Ohio Ohio State when he was coming out of Ohio State and I studied him on tape before the draft. I was like, these are already one of the best blitz pickup guys in football. Like that dude. That dude knew how to eat up ground, get in the line of scrimmage, and just whoop, shorten (laughs) your neck right there. And the reason you want to get in the line of scrimmage is a as a Blitz pickup guys are back, okay? Because, you know, this is why I, I'm. You know, we, you and I were talking on our radio show, and I was talking about how one on ones are unrealistic drill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing one on ones in practice with an offensive and defensive lineman, you don't have everybody else playing at the same time, so there's no bodies, so it's you and that guy with infinite space on mm-hmm. both sides of you. That that doesn't happen in real life, right? You've got a center on one side. You've got a tackle on the other side if you play guard. And there's not as much room to operate in there as a defensive lineman. So a lot of these pseudo-defensive line wins, that's a sack, you heard that all the time. No, it's not, dumbass. Otherwise, you'd have 47 sacks in a season. You know, you get nine and you're like, woo. Nine sacks. Well, we almost got <laughs> double digits. I, I hate defensive players. Anyhow, <laughs> the the bottom line with the back, the reason why you why you want to gain ground, Mike, we you want to eat up that space. You want to come attack the defender before he can get going. But why? Because I want to get him in the line of scrimmage. So when I go into that hole, let's call it the B gap, the gap between guard and tackle. Guess what? Not a lot of room. So if you make some dramatic move. You know what you're doing, tripping over the feet of your guard and that defensive tackle, or your offensive tackle and that defensive end. Does that make sense? So gaining ground, getting line of scrimmage. Zach uh, Zeke was great at that. He was also really good catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's a like to me. He's a perfect downhill fit and a do it all guy that Bill Belichick can play on any down. You mentioned a couple of veteran quarterbacks. We didn't see many veteran quarterbacks at all in the first week of preseason. We saw Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I think I speak for all of Chiefs' kingdom when, you know, he pulled the ball down and started running up the middle of the field and eventually slid down. I can understand why everybody was holding their breath hard in their mouth. Does that surprise you that in a league where increasingly – starters don't play in the preseason there's Mahomes out there for andy reed i think i saw more starters play in this preseason than i was expecting there was a lot of court like uh watch the vikings that take on uh seattle and the starting quarterbacks didn't play and all that stuff but um I think you're going to see more and more of it, especially as they keep eliminating practice time, keep eliminating the amount of time you can work on the field, keep eliminating the number of games you have in the preseason because eventually we all think it's going to go to 18 games and it's going to go down to two preseason games, right? So I think you're seeing more veterans play, not a ton, but more veterans play in the preseason because ultimately this whole notion of, (laughs) the whole notion of, hey, let's use the first three games of the regular season as a Mm as a kind of a, a pseudo preseason, an extension of preseason. And I think what teams are looking at right now with 17 games, you're like, man, we need a couple of breaks toward the end of the season. So if we can jump out when we're fresh at the beginning of the season and go, let's say, start 3-0, and Man, it gives us an opportunity to go, okay, let's measure where we are at the end of the season. Do we need to get a couple guys healthy? Can we, you know, can we play that way? Could could play the long game, so to speak. So let's go early so we can make decisions late. Well, I saw Sean Payton do an interview in which he said, Hey, one of the reasons, one of the things I learned when I was doing TV for a year was I recognize the importance of teams getting off to fast starts. And if you look at some of the surprise teams in the NFL a year ago, the Giants, Minnesota, teams like that, they got off to fast starts. So he feels that it's important that the Broncos get off to a fast start. He backed it up. He had Russell Wilson in the first-string offense out there for four drives. Right. Four drives. Yeah, punishment. And then that's part of the change of the culture as well, because there were things there were breakdowns up front on the offensive line. There were things that Russ Wilson didn't do very well. There were receivers that, that didn't, you know, didn't necessarily run the crispest or the best of routes. And so all these little things, you know, and it's never every level. It's not like like the O line sucked, the receivers sucked, and the quarterback sucked all at the same time. And the running backs, right? It's hey, the running back didn't run. You know the right protection or whatever. I was an offensive offensive line left tackle got beat, took a bad set. Oh, all of a sudden, you know my my wide receiver quit on a on a zero blitz on a route where the quarterback is throwing it for you to get a chance at it, and you don't get a chance at it because you just stop running your route because somebody cut you off. Like like that's changing the culture, and part of that for Sean Payton was punishment. I'm gonna punish you guys. You don't put together a couple of drives, or you don't put together at least one good drive. Guess what? We're going to keep going out there until you guys actually rectify this and put a good drive together. And they did; they scored at the end, of, you know, at the end of that first half. So Peyton's new, right? This is his first yeah. year. He's more about the process right now. But yeah. Boy, is Bronco was Broncos country burned by Russell Wilson last year? You want to talk about? Hey, we're not going to get fooled again. That is a fan base that is. Oh, they are down on Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, they like, down. Russell Wilson's been in the league for 12 years. He shouldn't have to go through a process. He shouldn't have. Dude, it's a new offense. It's a new, like, it's a new system. A couple of things that I saw, you know, Russ wanted to be. Like, he wants to transition. We've heard this from a lot of different people, and not Russ, but just people who have followed Russ's career. He wants to transition. He wants to become the next kind of, quote-unquote, Drew Brees, a shorter quarterback that really can operate from the pocket. One of the things I see, and it's uncomfortable for us, like, he's always had this propensity to, to scramble, to, to twirl out and scramble out the outside of the pocket. Well, you know, when you're young and you're athletic and you're fast, you, you can make that happen occasionally, but still you're going to put yourself in harm's way um, with the defensive ends and the speed and the edge, you know, the edge presence that you have on a defense right now. And so those things are always looked at. And You go, ah, like to me, when you spin out and you try to scramble outside the edge, when you do get sacked and you will get sacked, it's a minus nine, minus ten. Now you're in second down and 20. If you work and manipulate the pocket and you're climbing, 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 and you're shifting through there, all of a sudden you get sacked. You know, a Tom Brady, hey, it's a three-yard loss. You know, those guys that can operate from the pocket. So one of the things you can see, you've seen it in practice, and we saw in the game, his, he's not comfortable with it. But he really worked on climbing, getting back up in the pocket and trying to deliver the football from inside the pocket. That's going to be – it's something that he hasn't done. And I'll tell you, studying so many Seattle tapes, I guarantee you 35% of the sacks that were given up over the course of his time in Seattle were his fault. So, you know, you can sit there and say, well, the offensive line wasn't good. And well, no, Russ is taking these sacks. So they're trying to eliminate that. That's a work in progress. That's going to take time. Lastly – You are an accomplished actor. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you noticed. And so you know the inner workings of Hollywood. Oh, I do. Boy, do I. Boy, can you tell stories? Yes. (laughs) What do you think about this Michael Orr story? The blind side, right? So it seemed like when that movie came out, wow, what a great story. Too good to be true. Well, Mm -hmm. according to Michael Orr, it wasn't true. As he's suing... Uh, his family saying that he was scammed out of millions of dollars, hmm. that he was portrayed unfairly, that he was never adopted, that they took him into conservative cons- con- conservatorship. I, good. There you go. Yeah. And that uh, they made millions, but he made nothing. Uh, this uh, this is getting ugly. Yeah, that is. That is ugly. And, you know, there, there's. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make. I mean, I did. He it. never liked the movie. That that was right from the get go. That he never really liked the movie. But was but, he not complicit? But this in, is coming to a, was a whole he other level. Not complicit in the making of it. Was he not complicit in in like throughout the throughout the process? Was he was he part of that? Maybe he's just realizing now. Like he was part of it, and now he's realizing. Wait a minute, I didn't really see any money from this, right. and you guys are living high on the hall. right? So that that'll make you, you know, that'll make you raise an eyebrow. Uh, I did. A, I, as a matter of fact, speaking of my acting career, I did a. Uh, remember that show, uh, the Makeover Show, where they they like the house makeover, or whatever, yeah, the home yeah. makeover, yeah, or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. with that with the with the spastic guy that had yes. a tie, tie or whatever. Tie. Yeah, yeah yeah tie, yeah, yeah. tie was awesome. I did that show. With, with the Toohey's. Oh, did you? Yeah, we redid that show, so maybe I'm in trouble. Maybe you were shorted. Maybe the Toohey's owe me money. Yeah, there you go. You might want to get your lawyer to work on hey, that. Hey, Toohey's, you're on my list. No, that's a terrible story. Yeah. I'm making light of it, but it's... I, I'm making light of me, but that's a horrible story. Anyhow. Just further proof that when they seem too good to be true probably too good to be true yeah hey for everybody involved in the stink truth podcast a little short one today we'll be back with you guys on thursday and um and break it all down as we get ready for week two of the preseason very exciting stuff for mike i am mark we'll be with you guys next no no, later on this week and next week we'll be with you we'll be with you for for the the foreseeable future how about that say goodbye mark goodbye mark